to Tears, Tides, and Transformation, a podcast about healing. I am Bridget Flaherty. And I am Kiana Daniels. And today we have a very special episode where we are going to be reflecting on the last couple of years and really get clear about where we're going forward and what TTT is becoming. And we're excited to have that conversation with all of you. Yes, it is going to be lots of good conversation and reflection over the last two years. Can you believe it? Since we started this podcast and these courageous conversations amongst ourselves and with other amazing and phenomenal women. It has been an amazing journey, a growth journey. And I'm really excited for all the things that we'll share in this episode. So key, a lot has happened in two years. Yeah, a whole lot has happened in two years. We have both individually and together, we have grown as humans, as women, as business women, and as friends. I mean, I think for me, this project with you has been so enriching. It has enriched my life. I think it has brought us closer, but I also, I have learned incredible things from all of the women that we have spoken to, and I've learned so much about this process. You know, neither one of us had any idea how to do a podcast (laughs) when we started this thing, right? And it was just like this, like, let's share, let's share this, this love and this growth and this healing and this relationship, right? This friendship, let's share it with the world. And here we are two years later. Man, I've learned so much. Bridget, I echo everything that you just said. The whole reason it came about, honestly, I think it was like at the end of 2020. And we know what that year was. But we had it connected, obviously, because of the pandemic. And it was so refreshing. I remember when we got together, we met at Wine Inns Coffee downtown. And we just... Like we always do, we caught up and we cried and (laughs) we shared actually some hardships and challenges that we were going through. And I remember you saying, (laughs) we should record this. The conversations that we have, man, they're always so, you know, fulfilling and edifying and all these things. And I think I was in agreement with you. Not really. I don't think we understood that the podcast would have came out of that as a project, as a passion project. However, it, It was just like with everything with us, it was definitely, I think, organic and divine because I knew going into 2021, at least for myself, I think I already had a lot on my plate and I wasn't trying to add something else. And I remember us agreeing that we wouldn't make this become work, right? It is a passion project. And I think it's a very distinct difference between like a passion project and work and the way that you handle it, even though this is a business, right? But it's been so organic and so in flow and just almost easy the way that it has evolved over the last two years from, you know, even the producers that we've had who have come on to help us and all the women who have come on either because, you know, we asked them to come on or because they wanted to come on or because they found us. It has been so amazing. And like you said, the growth that has taken place within myself. I mean, I recognize myself, but I'm just like, damn, that is a lot of growth in two years. That is like, it is exponential and fast growth. And then, like you said, yes, we have continued to build and grow together. And it has been so amazing to, I think, connect deeper layers with each other and to support each other on our individual journeys, but on our collective journeys, and then also to collectively be supporting other women as they are healing and as they are growing and as they are rediscovering themselves in a tribe, you know, and it's been really great. And I'm so grateful. And we've met some amazing women. We absolutely have. It's It's been incredible. And I have to say too, you know, it has been, there's been ease in it. But it has been challenging as times. 
you know, I think we encouraged, we have encouraged women to get very vulnerable with their experiences. And sometimes it's triggering. So the way that we did this project is that you would interview someone and then the next day you and I would talk about it and our producer would put those two things together. Similarly, I'd have a conversation with someone. The next day you and I would talk about it and it would be put together. And for me, sometimes that time between when I would talk to a woman and one of our guests and then I would talk to you would be like, really, I would have to use a lot of my tools Mm -hmm. to deal with whatever came up for me in those conversations, whether it was to have a good cry, whether it was to meditate or to journal, to go for a walk, because those conversations were so raw and real and like impactful in a like hit my heart. And I think that that that's growth too. You don't want to ever lose the empathy. You don't want to put up walls. You want to have boundaries in order to have these conversations, but you don't want to put up walls. And I know we've talked about this. I know this is true for you too. Every single one of those conversations impacted us in ways that required us to use the tools. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I was triggered probably in a lot of those conversations. You're absolutely right. It was challenging a lot of times. And a lot of times, even though this was a passion project and we know that we were being vessels for other women, because what we learned is that probably 95% of these women had never shared the experiences that they had shared on our podcast, which for me was so humbling and so honorable. And I was always taken aback, like, wow, you really trust us and our platform to be able to share a traumatic experience that happened to you publicly, you know, and I know that is because of the work that we have been doing ourselves and the modeling behavior that we were showing them how to be vulnerable and how to work through our trauma and how to implement our tools that we have gained over the years, whether it be through therapy or through community or whatever it is. And then because we created safe spaces, it always warmed my heart, but it was always so sometimes heavy. You know what I mean? Because those weekends, a lot of times we would talk about that. And even for our producer, Savannah at the time, you know, we would have to have raw, real conversations after recording or in the midst of recording and say, let's check in. How is everybody? You know, because that was a lot. You know what I mean? And the, I want to say beautiful, but also the amazing thing that I think we also saw take place with our interviews was that we only had a set of questions. We never had things, right? And it was the questions that we asked and the information that was shared that determined the theme. And that for me was so profound because these women, and so it was, it was very much like we co-created this podcast with these women. Absolutely. And I think it, it's, it was an evolution, right? If you listen to the first couple episodes that were recorded versus the last couple of episodes, you know, you and I grew in this process, right? And how to show up and ask the questions and create the space. But I know also for me personally, like I grew outside of the podcast, this podcast and being vulnerable about my own experiences in a very public way, challenged me. You know, there are people in, there were people in my quote unquote real life that didn't know that I, you know, was a suicide survivor or that I had, you know, spent some time homeless or, you know, those were things that we talked about very openly on this very public platform that was challenging for me. And I grew through that. But, you know, we had talked about how can I not do that when these women are showing up And doing exactly the same thing. And so that's been incredible for me to just really more fully own my story. Yeah, I agree with that. That's why I know that it was on purpose. This partnership in this podcast was very much on purpose because you and I both needed to continue to heal while we were helping others to do the same thing. You know, a lot of times people want to go and be the savior or be the the way and the person that's giving all this information and modeling behavior without ever having going down that path, right? Without ever having being tested. And you and I, this wasn't that, right? We were only sharing what we were also doing. And as a result of creating this space, we had to continue to do our work. We had to continue to show up fully and raw and real and and to be tested and to continue to 
not only create a platform that said, hey, here are the tools and this is how you use it. No, we had to actually talk about how we use these tools and how we also digress sometimes, you know what I mean? And how we're also triggered sometimes. And I really was so very grateful for the time. I think it was the bonus episodes before season two when you and I interviewed each other. It's what you're talking about. And I also like me sharing my story about me and my healing journey and the things that I have had to overcome publicly was not fully well received by my family. You know what I mean? And and we've since, and it was great though, because we had conversations. We had challenging and difficult conversations as a result of it, and we were able to work through some things. And so I was really grateful for that, even though it was challenging, you know what I mean? And I didn't think there was anything wrong with me sharing my story and about how I want people to see that who I am today is not who I've always been, you know, because there's a lot of people who say, you know, Key, I just love your confidence and I just love your vulnerability and I just love, love, love all these things about you. And I'm just like, let me tell you, I know that I don't look like what I've been through, but let me tell you what I've been through. Let me tell you some of the things that I've had to overcome just because I don't look like it, you know, and talking about my daddy issues and then conversations outside of that starting with friends and family and strangers, you know what I mean? Like people who have heard our podcast that I don't even know who recognize me. We've had conversations and then also just how my daddy issues impacted my dating life and how like I only realized these daddy issues in 2015. That wasn't that long ago. I was 25, you know what I mean? So I was an adult and I'm still today dealing with those things because I think that's some of the things that we talked about. We have trauma that needs consistent repair or nurturing you know what I mean and just because we've identified it doesn't mean that we've been healed completely from it and that is where the tips and the tools in healing and community came into play and so I thought I was super vulnerable before this podcast but this podcast made me realize there are levels to vulnerability it challenged me to keep going deeper and going deeper in vulnerability is still uncomfortable. And that's and that's a lesson that I learned that I was like, wow, you know, I, I, I thought I had it down. <laughs> yeah, 100% agree with all of that, Key. And I think in addition, for me, there was this uh, multiple realizations of my own blind spots. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think all of us have perceptions of ourselves and we have perceptions of our relationships with other people. And for us, those perceptions are reality. But the truth is we are living this life interdependently with other people. And they also have their own perceptions and views of us and of themselves. And, you know, I have shared this. This podcast had an incredible impact on my partnership, on my, you know, intimate relationship. And it was because of that. It was because of those blind spots, the things that I thought were real turned out to maybe have a different perception. You know, I think we probably eventually would have figured out those blind spots, but that's what's incredible about these conversations and about the healing process in general is that willingness to be open to change. Mm -hmm. You know, that we are constantly being given opportunities to grow and to heal. And sometimes it's easier to just pretend like they're not there rather than face the truth that what you think might not be what is true. You know, and I call those those blind spots. And yeah. and it has been so just incredible to be able to have some of those realizations, but also keep to have a space, safe space to talk about them. You know, the reason we started this podcast is because we have shown up for each other in our lives in real authentic ways. But doing this podcast with you and knowing that I could come back, whether it was on air or outside of here to you and have a safe space of non-judgment when I'm going through stuff. It has been another level for me and how I just respect, love, and appreciate you and who you are in my life. And that has been a gift. So thank you. Bridget, thank you. And you're, it's my pleasure. Honestly, uh, our friendship has taught me so many things to be honest. And I'm really grateful for it as well, because I mean, the reality is just America is crazy and it is very black and white, literally. You know what I mean? I haven't always had really positive experiences with white women, if I'm honest. And you, by far, you are a human being who is so different from that. And you have allowed me to have an experience 
that helps me to have grace. And no, 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 everybody's not like you. Um, but it's kept me from being really hard and closed off to, I think, other white women because, you know, just historically, it just hasn't always been great, you know, and they've caused a lot of harm. And so I am really grateful that you and I, from the start, we were, I think, supposed to meet, you know, so that we could grow together, that we can challenge each other in love. Because I know that you and I, we have been able to call out each other's blind spots as well. And also the fact that you have so much more lived experience than I do, I think that your resilience is like, it's so amazing to me, Bridget. And the fact that you trust me and you share, you lean in equally, it has really taught me a lot about even friendship. You know, friendship and I, I would even say peer mentorship, you know what I mean? Because you are older than me. And I think that you are such a badass the way that you have overcome so many challenges and trials in your life and that you have felt safe to open up and share with me very vulnerably because I think, you know, we've talked about this a lot, you know, vulnerability builds bonds. And like when one person is vulnerable, it allows the other person to be vulnerable and it just goes back and forth and it's an exchange. And that is what we've had and that is what we've modeled and that is this podcast is truly exemplary of the friendship and relationship that we have. And it has proven to be impactful to other women, which is a testament to like what we've been able to create with each other. So it has been like my pleasure and it has pushed me to continue to be vulnerable because I think that you have taught me your, your level of vulnerability has taught me to go even higher with mine. Cause like I said, there's layers to it and it has been so refreshing because I think as a child, I was that person and then I wasn't because vulnerability is not something that's always well received because it's so difficult and challenging and uncomfortable for people that they box you in and then you get boxed in and you become this hard ass. And that was me for a long time. So like this journey with the podcast with you and beyond has been so amazing and even now like I have a I'm still being challenged with this whole vulnerability thing because it having conversations with people that I find to be difficult and that's something that I just kind of want to say because you and I it's not difficult to communicate we're both kind of ready and willing and open to be vulnerable but like I said not everybody is there because of trauma and because the world is not conditioned to be that way primarily but this podcast this experience our relationship I think my experience with other people and being vulnerable and healing a community is preparing and equipping me to continue to have these kinds of conversations with people. Like I said, I find it be difficult to communicate with because we just have different communication styles. And I'm finding myself being open to other people holding up a mirror to me and continuing to show me my blind spots and where I can, can continue to grow. And it's only because of this experience, I feel like, you know what I mean? Because I know that I used to be very boxed in in a way of who I would allow to hold up the mirror and who I would allow to challenge me. And now I'm being more open to learning and hearing all the women's stories on this podcast and also just you, most importantly, being able to see how you continue to show up and share and be open to changing where is necessary. And so I feel like I've been in like training. <laughs> I feel like I've been in training. So thank you. I thank you for just showing up and for leaning in, for being my friend, for trusting me. Cause I, I, I don't take that lightly. I don't take that lightly at all. I think that we have been able to share some really, really deep things with each other. And we did that also before we did it on the podcast so that we could have that relationship that we wanted to spread out into the universe with this podcast so that we could truly practice what we preach. And so I am grateful. It has been so fulfilling, so fulfilling. The growth pains have been real, but they have been worth it. 100%. You know, I think that you touched on the truth, which is we live in a system that is oppressive, that wounds all of us, you know? Mm -hmm. And I can't, as one person, like, do anything about the system. But what I can do personally is I can recognize that I have been part of that system and show up with humility to learn a different way. And that's part of healing, right? There's healing from personal trauma. And then there's healing from systemic trauma. 
And yeah. both are required in order for us to change the world. And yeah. I think that you and I, our relationship is like a microcosm of what's possible. Yes. You know, I, we've we've talked about how like part of my healing journey is recognizing that I wasn't the best mom all the time. And, and being able to recognize that, apologize for that and show up differently. And that's difficult. But it's the same process to show up and say, I am a white woman in a racist system. Therefore, I am racist, right? Like, because I grew up that way. And the only way for me to experience a different reality is to unpack the ways I've shown up in the world and change them and recognize that I'm going to have blind spots, right? Because I grew up in this system. But just like healing in a personal way, just like having that awareness as a mom has allowed me to have more meaningful relationships with my daughter, showing up that way and saying, I have blind spots because of the system that I was raised within and addressing those blind spots has allowed me to have more rich, real, raw relationships with other people. And so healing is a personal thing, but it is also a like... It is a system changing thing. When yeah. we do the work as individuals and we show up differently in the world because of that, we change the relationships around us. We challenge others to examine, you know, I yeah. can't change the world, but I can change myself and I can change how I show up with other people. And that's where it's at. Yeah. And thank you, Bridget, because honestly, this isn't just talk. I've seen you do it. You know, I've seen you show up and challenge systems with your partner. I've seen you become a better mom. I've seen you become just a better human being and woman and even a different businesswoman. You know what I mean? Because of, of your healing and the way in which you are open and curious to learn how you can be your better self. And so, you know, I commend you for that. And I thank you for that, you know, because we do need active allies, you know, in order to be able to change the systems that have historically oppressed people. And so I appreciate these experiences with people who don't look like me, where we can have real raw conversations and be able to challenge each other and under, seek to understand, you know, that's my whole thing. I have had other experiences with white men, actually more, more than white women, but white men who will be open to listening. And you know, where it starts is because I'm being vulnerable. I'm being my authentic self. And I think there's something to be said. And I think we probably have mentioned it on the podcast several times, but vulnerability is also, it can be contagious to some people who are truly seeking to break the norms of living a lie. You know what I mean? Of not being their authentic self. Because you can only do that for so long before it becomes heavy. And people are oftentimes who are seeking to be their authentic selves when they see other people living in their truth and, and showing up boldly and, you know, challenging systems and things like that. It gives them the permission to do the same, even if it's slow baby steps. And I appreciate when I can have conversations with people who are open to learning and where we can take emotions off the table where we're, you know, pointing the finger and blaming because it's not like healing isn't about that. At the end of the day, in order to heal, you can't be blaming. You have to listen actively. You have to seek to understand. You have to empathize and have compassion and be willing to forgive and to change. We have to like reconcile, you know, which is not like sweeping things under the rug, but understanding that people do get hurt by our actions, acknowledging that we are part of it, whether it was intentional or not, apologizing and then being open to a new canvas going forward, right? And so... Yes, I agree 100%. How we do our healing work personally and individually definitely is transferable into the world, into systems, into community, into businesses, and all of those other things. And, you know, I think that going forward, we will be able to get into that having built this foundation. Absolutely. Why don't we talk <laughs> about that? Why don't we talk about what's coming next with this friendship, with this project, with our growth, and with TTT? What's coming next? 
Yes. So if you all haven't noticed, the theme of this conversation in this particular episode is really evolution and intentionality. And as we are reflecting over the last two years of TTT being a podcast, safe space for healing and courageous conversations, Bridget and I naturally are evolving in our own businesses and our individual lives. I'm in St. Louis, Bridges in Dayton, and things are just changing as they are supposed to because that is evolution. And we are going to be moving into conferences and retreats. And this is not a new conversation. It's definitely been talked about. It's been asked about and preferred by our guests and our audience. And so we're excited to announce that next year, we are actually going to be having our first Tears, Tides, and Transformation Conference in Dayton. And we're really excited about that and how it came about. So while we have had some tears <laughs> uh, today and in the past, and that is what you know the podcast is all about, partly, we are not sad to say that right now, this is our last episode for now of the podcast. We may resume it in the future, but right now, this season of the podcast is coming to a close so that we can go into this next season of conferences and retreats and be able to expand our reach both in Dayton and in St. Louis. And hopefully beyond, we'll maybe go on some road shows as we do have audiences and fans pretty much internationally. <laughs> and we're excited, you know, because that is evolution. That is, and it's natural. And we're not fighting it. We're not sad about it. We're actually very happy about it because it's just the next stage of growth for us. Absolutely. And it, it's right on brand, right? TTT for us has always been about courageous conversations, about creating safe space, and about connection. It has just been a natural evolution from these recordings to let's get together, right? Let's get together. Yeah. Let's create safe spaces. Let's have the conversations. Let's build friendships. And so, you know, I'm super pumped about 2023 and some women's conferences and retreats and doing that, creating this safe space so we can have these conversations and build friendships, create new ones, build old ones, right? Like let's, let's continue to create this space for tears and transformation with one another. So I'm super pumped about it. Yeah. And, you know, we were just talking about the systems and things like that. So our conferences are going to start to get a little nuanced in, you know, how do we start to have healing conversations in the workplace? How do we start to have these conversations in business, in community? Because a lot of times, you know, people want to do transformational things. People want to create these amazing businesses and have this amazing impact. But at the root of it all, it's really, we need to start having these conversations about healing, what relationships need to be healed, what needs to be healed within myself so that I could be a better leader, better business owner, a better, you name it, put the term in front of it. But it all really does start with being able to create safe spaces in all of those places. And then also inviting others to be vulnerable, to be transparent, to co-create healthy environments. And so we want to move into that space. We've been asked to move into that space, but we feel naturally led to go into those spaces because Bridget and I both are serial entrepreneurs. We are leaders in our communities and we have an opportunity to really bring Tears, Ties, and Transformation, the work that we've been doing to larger spaces and to be able to have more impact. And so it's really exciting. It feels on brand with what we're individually doing with who we are in the space that we have created with the podcast. And so it's just going to the next level. And so we're growing up <laughs> just like a child. We're growing up, you know, we are leaving the infancy stage and we're going into, I don't know if it's the terrible twos or <laughs> the tenacious twos. Let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be great. We're we're excited and we don't have it all figured out, but we're working through it. We will have more information about what the conference is going to be about, the 
date is going to be dropped in January. So stay tuned and follow us on our IG page and Facebook page at Tears, Tides, and Transformation and our website, www.tearstidesandtransformation.com to keep in the loop on what's going on with us beyond the podcast. So I know that we wanted to talk a little bit about also some of our favorite episodes that we've recorded over the last two years as well. So Bridget, what was your favorite episode? So I want to be honest, Key, I had a hard time choosing one because there's <laughs> so many, so many, so good ones. But the one that, that I chose to talk about is our interview with Heather Horton, who is an astrologer and a therapist. One of the things that I really enjoyed about talking to her is that when we were talking about cognitive behavioral therapy and we were talking about healing your body, she talked about Louise Hay, her book, Heal Your Body, and how we can change we can change our body with our minds essentially but that's what cognitive behavioral therapy is too it is by changing our thoughts our cognitive thoughts we can change our lives and you know we've talked about this many times we talk about mantras and we talk about you know journaling and gratitude journals and changing your life essentially by changing what you focus on and for me it was just very validating to have an expert, right? To have a therapist come on the show and essentially say that when you plant a seed in your mind, when you say something three times and you plant a seed, then you focus on it, you can literally change your brain pattern. I had to repeat it three times because anytime you repeat something three times, you seed the brain. And when you seed the brain, just like when you plant a seed in the ground and you take care of it, you water it, you give it sunlight, give it some love and attention, it will grow. Same idea. So what happens in the brain is once we seed a thought and you water it and seed it, meaning you repeat that thought pattern over and over and over again, you develop a neural net pattern in the brain that will fire off and kind of overpower, override previous negative thinking when those pop up, because those are also strong neural nets when we're always like, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, God, I'm so tired, or I'm sick and tired. People love that line, right? I'm sick and tired, and then you end up sick and lethargic all the time. That neural net pattern's firing really strong. So we want to override it with some sort of other pattern, which eventually, if you can fire them back to back, if that makes sense, if your negative thought pattern fires off and you can purposely override it, like fire off the new one, you will eventually grow the new one and dismantle the old one. And over time, if you just keep doing it and trust the process, over time, your life will change. It's a beautiful, almost miraculous, but yet very science-oriented thing. And that for me was like, yes, that's what we're doing here. That's what we're talking about. And so I just wanted to focus on that one episode because it kind of encapsulates a lot of the things that we've talked about. And that is we can literally change our lives by changing how we think about our lives. Absolutely. I think, yes, mindset is everything. It has changed my life significantly, mastering my mind, right? And because what we think, like you said, becomes our actions and people say it and they, I think they take it for granted a lot of times. And we know that especially spiritually and just mentally, you know what I mean? Like our thoughts can tell us some very negative, nasty, dark things, right? And we can start to believe it if we allow it to play in our head over and over again. And I do remember that episode, the conversations that we had with that. I'm actually going to go back and listen to that episode. So just so that I can hear the amazing conversation that was had during that time. But it was my first time hearing about that book and I really appreciated it. And I still need to order it. So that's thank you for that reminder. But, you know, again, like me mastering my mind and I will in the way that I do that is positive affirmations. I am all about positive affirmations and how I speak to myself. You know, because like ultimately what that boils down to is self-love, you know what I mean? And if we can't first learn to love ourselves by talking to our, ourselves nicely and by pouring love and positivity into ourselves, it's very challenging for us to go out into the world and do that for other people. Like that is very much incorporated into my daily routine, right? Like I wake up 
either when I, my body wakes me up or my alarm wakes me up, I, I'm just like, you know, thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. You know, I'll take a few deep breaths and then I'll hop up and then I just start saying all these amazing things. You know, I walk into my living room, I got some paintings, and I'm like, hello, beautiful. And then the one behind me here, I'm like, hello, black king and queen. And then I'll start to say, and I have one of myself, I'm like, hey, girl. How you doing today? And then I'm just like walking around and I'm saying positive things to myself and speaking life into myself. And I think it really does matter, you know, the words that that we say in our heads and that come out of our mouth. And it can change everything. It really can. And I encourage everyone to try to come up with a positive affirmation for yourself or go search one on the internet and start to tell yourself that every day, you know, and for 21 days, if you really want to create a habit, right? And then see how you start to walk. See how you start to move and show up in the world because it'll change everything and you can start there and then keep on adding on. So yes, I love that episode. For me, as you said, it was very challenging to choose because we have two amazing seasons of interviews, but my very favorite, I guess I'll say the one that I resonated with the most and that I continue to hear every day is with Clarissa Foster. And she was talking about her healing journey and her relationships with her father and her mother and her siblings and her children. And so she was, you know, she started off talking about family dysfunction and daddy issues and just like, you know, her understanding that when she started to heal, she started to see her blind spots. And she started to notice that it wasn't just everybody else. A lot of what she was blaming on other people had a lot to do with like, undealt with trauma and her own actions and behaviors and so as she started to understand that and work on herself and do her healing work you know that made her isolate a little bit like you know we've talked about that you know we can heal in community while also having some bit of isolation and I guess we can call that boundaries right healthy boundaries at that so we were talking about the healthy boundaries and so she was saying that you know, while she was doing her healing and needed to like spend time with herself, her mother would, you know, not really be in full support of it because she's just like, well, we aren't talking every day. And she's like, mom, we don't need to talk every day. We don't even need to talk every week, but I'm going to give you once a week. And her mom was just not satisfied with that because again, you know, when we start to heal, we start to shift our behaviors and we start to create these healthy boundaries. People don't like that, right? Because they make it about them and it's not even about them. It's about us and what we need to do to nurture ourselves. So she was having the conversation with her mom and she was just like, mom, in this time, in this season, I need you to let me go and let me grow. Evolving, I just realized a lot of the toxic behavior in myself. I used to be that yes, girl. Yes, yes, yes to everything. And I just was like, no. Once I learned to say no, oh, it was on the floor then. <laughs> it was like, oh, I can do this. And then the hardest, hardest part of that was my parents, was my siblings. My mom was just like, no, I'm not having this boundaries. What? I don't understand <laughs> that. We had a conversation that one day I might have been a little bit testy. And I said to her, let me go and let me grow. And at first it was offensive. I think maybe it was my tone to her and I had to clean it up a little bit. Like, mom, no, I'm serious. Like, I don't mean let me go as in let me fly away, but I'm just saying, let me go in the sense that meet me where I am right now. I'm not that little girl anymore. You have to meet me as an adult. Oh my God, Bridget. I remember being on that episode being like, oh my God, that was so good. I love that, that phrase. You know what I mean? Because whether it's with your mom, your dad, your siblings, a significant other, the world, you know what I mean? I think that phrase has stuck with me so much because the way that I receive it is that, you know, there are times that we do have to let go to grow, meaning let go of attachment, letting go of expectation, letting go of old habits and behaviors that are no longer serving us. And, you know, I'm all about these seasons and being intentional and present in each season. And so for me, that was connected to that. You know what I mean? Because sometimes we hold on to things and we hold on to people and they can't grow and we can't grow and we are stifling each other's growth. And so that was my favorite episode because it struck me so deeply and it, it continues to be a phrase that I oftentimes think about when I see my own behavior, if I'm holding on to something 
or not letting go of attachment and it is stunning my growth or if I'm in my own way you know and oftentimes that's what it is if I'm in my way or in God's way I'm just like all right let it go and let so I can grow let me because I'm all about the growth here even when it's painful I just don't want to be I don't want to be stagnant (laughs) so let me go and let me grow and that was the most impactful episode that I remember I love that so much. You know, I got this vision in my mind of the trees, like letting go of their leaves in the end of the season to get ready for winter so that they can have new growth in the new year. And the truth is we often want to hold on because we're afraid what will happen when we let go. But new growth happens in that letting go, whether it's like you said, letting go of a person or letting go of a habit. I'll go back to as a mom, you know, as a mom and also now as an older person in society, you know, there's like, (laughs) Like, you know, I'm at this point, like I'm midlife, you know, I've seen a lot of life. And sometimes, you know, I want to just tell people like, stop doing that and do this. Right. But the truth is that's their growth. That's their, you know, whether it's my children or other people in my life, like that's their process, their journey. And it's not on me to do anything other than love them and be present and answer questions or whatever it is. That for me is a big letting go. To be like, you know what? At this point, my kids are grown and my job at this point is to be present for them, but not to tell them what to do anymore. Like, it's just time to let them go and let them grow. And sometimes that involves biting my tongue so hard that like it hurts the next day, but whatever it takes, right? (laughs) Because it's true for me too, right? Letting go of things so I can grow. But that lesson for me was really good and letting other people do their own growth. Yeah. Projecting like my opinion, my thoughts, my journey onto someone else doesn't serve them or me. Right. A hundred percent. That lesson is, oh, it's a good one. It really is. So honestly, now I'm thinking about it in the moment. We would love to hear if you all could share on our website in our forum, what was your favorite episode or the most impactful episode that really resonated with you, that spoke to you? Because we would just love to hear how what lessons you all learned from the podcast and from these amazing, courageous women and from the conversations that we've had about the healing journey. There were so many gems shared over the last two years. And I'm sure that, you know, you all were able to take something from it. And we would love to hear it. So please definitely share on our website, in the forum, or even on our social media platforms, Facebook and IG. Please share. We would love to hear. And if there was some sort of quote that stuck with you, you know, share that quote, share with us, you know, what, what you got, what you remember. Yeah, let's talk about it. And as we are talking about the new year, some things, some challenges that we would love to put out there into the universe and pose to you so that we can stay engaged and connected. While again, this is the close of the podcast, we are still going to be present and we would still love to be connected and grow with you. So for 2023, you know, and we talked a lot about intentionality and how Bridget and I are being intentional in our individual lives, but also with Tears, Ties, and Transformation. And we want to first pose the question, how are you all going to be intentional in 2023? And then what is the first thing you're going to do? So what does that look like for you to be intentional? We would love it if you would share that again on our website, in our forum, or on our social media platforms at Tears, Ties, and Transformation. As we're talking about healing and continuing our healing journeys, because it is a lifelong journey, we have talked about nurturing ourselves and what we have to do to get back centered and to get balanced and to get grounded. And so we are also curious about how are you going to nurture yourself in 2023 as well? So it's a great time to start fresh and we are individually and collectively going to be working on our nurture healing plans. And so we want to encourage you to do the same thing. We know that sometimes we get off track. It happens. Life happens. You know what I mean? It's just like people make these New Year's resolutions or have their one or to three words for the year and they start strong and then we get off track. But that happens. So have grace. We talk about grace all the time. But again, create your nurture plan. Let it be realistic. It doesn't have to be like this long drawn out thing. Let it be realistic and attainable. And then really put on there too, 
if you are to veer off, how will you find your way back? And Bridget, just so that we can kind of exemplify what that might look like, what might be some new things or the same things on your 2023 nurture healing plan? And if you are to veer off, how would you find your way back? Just so we can give them an example. I love that, Keith. So every year for the winter solstice, which is the 21st of December, um, it can be the beginning of the new year, whatever, whatever it is, I do a reflection. And I start by looking at everything in the past year that was impactful. And I have like, I did these things. I accomplished these things. And then also these were challenges, right? So for example, one of the things that happened last year is my son broke his nose. That went on the list. I had a book published in the past year. So that went on my list, right? So all of these things, I write them all down and then I sit in them. What I mean by sit in them is I, I read them. I allow myself to remember them and I sit in the gratitude for myself. Like I did these things. Holy crap, I did these things, right? And I sit in that feel good feeling because even the challenging things that happened in the past year, I overcame them in some way. The next thing that I do is I kind of think about all of the people that were involved in those things, right? I have gratitude for the people in my life because I didn't do anything by myself. I don't do ever, you know, none of us do stuff completely by ourselves. But I, I really sit in the gratitude for myself. I sit in the gratitude for the other pe for the other people in my life. And I get very clear on, man, this is a good year. And then I think I fast forward to the next winter solstice, end of December. And I think, what do I want to feel then? And I start journaling. And for me, I had like kind of four categories of things that I want to create in the new year and how I'm going to feel at the end of the year with those things created. And it's not really a plan. It's more of like, this is what I want to create in the new year. And there is some planning, you know, I kind of journal a little bit, but it's less of like a step-by-step -step plan and more of a, these are the things that I want to create. And then I create a vision board. I did that. I have a vision board. Uh, I'm very happy with it. And I post it on the wall so that I can have this reminder. However, I do this full year process, the end of the year, but then I revisit it with each season. So when spring starts, I will revisit the intentions that I created at the beginning of the year, the beginning of summer, and at the beginning of fall. So with each season, I go back to those things that I journaled at the beginning of the year, and I make adjustments if I need to make adjustments, or I'm reminded of them, and I always create a new vision board. So I create four vision boards a year to kind of reset what I want. Now, some of those things are external things. It's a plan. I'm doing some new stuff for lore. But within that is always, what am I doing for myself? What am I looking to create for myself? So one of the big things for me for self-care this coming year is my body, my physical body, and spending a little bit more intentionality on taking care of my physical body. I have been a runner for most of my life, and in 2020, I had major surgery, and I have not gotten back to that for myself. So I set an intention in 2023, I'm going to focus on really getting healthier in my physical body. And so that's on my vision board. That becomes part of my plan. I will put together specific things for what that looks like for me. But then in the spring, I'll look at it again and I'll say, okay, how have I done? Does this still make sense? Did something happen that changed that plan? Do I want to take it to another level? Right? And so those are the things that, that I do for myself every year to take care of myself, to challenge myself, and to be clear on what I want to create in my life. And if you are to veer off, how do you find your way back? So that's what those check-ins are for, right? The check-ins okay. are for to say, how have I done in that past quarter? And to make adjustments. So right now it's like, okay, some sort of physical activity every day. But in the spring, I might be like, you know what? Now I'm going to get a trainer, let's say, for example. Or I'm going to, you know, sign up for a race or whatever that looks like. So those mm -hmm. check-ins are to either take it to another level or to recognize that, hey, maybe this is not the time and I need to do something like I just need to do granddad walks every day or whatever. You know, like <laughs> I just need to find a thing that works for yeah. me. And, exactly. Right? And because the truth is, when we set these intentions, we have the best. But reality doesn't always meet it. So that's why for me, it's the seasons. Every season, I check in with what I said I wanted to do for the year and adjust with grace. Yeah, that's important. That's foundational. Exactly. <laughs>
for me, there's a couple things I resonate with what you said. I do some similar things. So I'm actually very excited every year on December 31st, so New Year's Eve. And I've been doing this, I think, for the last, since I turned 30. So I will write a letter to, for instance, 2022. I talk about what I've learned. I talk about the challenges that I encountered. I talk about the things that I'm proud of. I just reflect, honestly. I reflect on the year. I think the longest letter I've written to a year has probably been nine pages. I just, you know, I sit, I sit, I remember, because I think, you know, giving myself time and space to remember is really important to me because I think that we are in a world that moves so fast that we are just going all the time and we don't give ourselves those quiet moments to just recollect, you know what I mean? Like there's some good shit that happens in our lives that, you know, can be buried by busyness and hardships, right? And the reality is we start to tell ourselves the narrative that, oh, I've just been so busy and I've had such a hard year and not even remember all the good things that happened, you know? So I really love to give myself that space to just reflect and understand the lessons because I love learning the lessons because I don't like to repeat the same lesson over and over again. I just, my tolerance for pain is not very high. So I do that. And then I end the letter with setting intentions for the next year. What do I want to accomplish? What, how do I want to show up in the world? How do I want to contribute? How do I want to grow all these things? And um, of course, in between that, I sit in a lot of gratitude and I just give thanks. And so I don't open it for the whole year. So this New Year's Eve, I'm very much looking forward to reading last year's letter so that I can see if I did meet those intentions or to also reflect on how did things pivot? Because a lot of times we do create plans and, you know, we have to make pivots. And so, like you said, Bridget, like a lot of times we are very intentional. We set these intentions, but I believe having grace and being open to allowing the journey to go in the direction that it's naturally going in is absolutely okay. And it, it helps me to see how I am continuously evolving and how I'm shifting and changing in my desires and in my priorities and different things like that. So that is one thing that I do. And then, so I'm going to do that on um, December 31st. The next thing that I do is I create a bucket list. I usually do this uh, for my birthday. So I just turned 34, October 24th. And I do it like, what is it that I want to do? What are my bucket list things? So it's not necessary. It can be some accomplishments and things like that, but it's more adventures. I'm an adventurer, like large or small. I want to like constantly for the rest of my life, be on an adventure with myself, with a partner, with my friends, with my family, with my communities, you know what I mean? And so I might start my bucket list though this year and then, uh, you know, merge it into my birthday bucket list. And so, you know, some of those things are like last year I had on there, I wanted to go on a sissy trip with my little sister who's four years younger than me. And we actually in April going to Houston. I'm taking her to the Masego concert. And so I've never been to Houston and I'm paying for everything because I'm the big sister. And this was her 30th birthday gift. And this was something that I wanted to gift to my sister, you know, because that's my baby, my best friend, and I love her. And so that's just one of, that's a small thing, right? And then for instance, also last year, I also had that I wanted to take my first solo international trip. And I did, I did that actually for my birthday. So these are just, that was a big thing. So some of the things that would go on my bucket list, a more practical thing, would be I want to consistently like you said consistently work out and so that was on my list and I've been for the last 20 days working out every day for 30 to 45 minutes we're about 45 minutes to an hour and I see the gains yo like honestly I'm at my whole little I got three A's arms abs and ass so I've been working on it and my arms they getting toned my legs are toned and my abs are coming together you know I gotta get in the gym to get this ass because I need some heavier weights but that's more of a practical thing you know what I mean and you know it's an everyday thing however if my body if I wake up and my body's like not today I'm honoring my body and I'm not beating myself up I'm not regretful about it I just pick it up the next day you know what I mean and so the whole thing the principle is consistency so it's been really great because sometimes again we set intentions and we might not do it 
in the time frame that we think is going to happen, but the whole goal is really just progress, right? We're moving forward. Another thing that I'm going to, my healing nurture plan though, is really continuing to nurture my mind, body, spirit, and soul. So working out, that's the body part. Um, also getting my massages monthly. Um, that's something else. Actually today at one o'clock, I'm going to get stretched. I, I go get stretched for like 20 minutes and that's transformational. So I'm you know, nurturing my body in various ways, you know, because as we get older and I'm still young, but like when she hit 30, stuff start to creak, creak and crack and all that other stuff. We have to be intentional about being fit and like stretching and moving and yoga poses and stuff. So that's the body part for the mind part. You know, of course, mine is spirit part every day. My daily routine is I pour in before I pour out. I've been preaching this for a long time because of how God uses me in the world. So I do my devotions. I spend time with God. I pray. I sit in gratitude. I praise. You know what I mean? I sage from time to time. I do dance therapy. That's another thing that brings me joy. I love humor and laughter. Like, you know, I, I don't like, the world is so serious. And sometimes these things are, it don't cost anything to laugh. Right. You know, just laugh. Uh, sometimes I'm like, I feel like laughing. I'm going to watch a comedy. You know what I'm saying? And I will laugh my ass off, have me some good belly laughs and I might be in tears. And it's just like, that is healing to me. You know what I mean? That's nurturing to my spirit and my soul because I'm a goofy person. And, you know, it helps to balance myself out because I can also be a very deep in-depth person and I'm always trying to be vulnerable and whatnot. But sometimes there's a time and a place and I've learned more of that this year also, you know what I mean? Because not everybody's going to be ready. And I'll, I don't honestly think I want to be all in the weeds all the time either. So I need balance and I love to laugh. I nurture myself that way. And I do cry. You know, if I'm feeling some emotions, I let that shit out. You know what I mean? Like I'm not in the business of holding anything in anymore especially if it's going to be harmful to myself. So if I'm feeling emotional, whether it's happy tears or sad tears because I'm remembering my grandmother and my grandfather or just thinking about the world because it's messed up, I let it out. You know what I mean? And those are some of the things that I do to nurture myself. I like to stay true to who I am and what makes me happy, what brings me joy and peace. You know, spending time with self. And I've been journaling more. I've been reading more. I just finished The Alchemist. And that was like, oh, my God, so timely. And I love, you know, dancing. And I love art. And so I go to things that are kind of like speaking to my holistic self. So those are all a part of the things that are on my nurture plan. I just want to show up as my whole self and nurture all of those parts of who I am because we're so dynamic and comprehensive. that, And that's why balance is so important to me that I don't want to just be putting all my energy into certain parts of who I am, maybe the parts that I operate the most. And that's something that I learned this last year as well is I need to have more balance to nurture the parts of myself that I don't exercise so much because they are just as important. So if I should veer, I have grace with myself. I honor that every day I'm not going to feel like it. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. As long as I keep moving forward and I find my way back, like I said, with my workout. If I if I wake up one day, like yesterday, I didn't work out and that was okay. This morning, I got my ass up and I worked out and it was so great. You know what I mean? So understanding that there are going to be on days and off days and it doesn't make it a bad thing, right? And so I also allow my friends to hold me accountable, even when that shit feels uncomfortable sometimes. I am open to being held accountable if I should veer off and so that means I have to share what I'm doing with my friends or my family and sometimes invite them in to be a part of it those are some of the things and I don't like to bog myself down anymore so I think as you all come up with your nurture plans and your intentions for next year and your bucket list or whatever it is that you're coming up with for next year to guide you don't put too much on the plan. Nine times out of 10, you might not get that whole plan done. And sometimes everybody is not okay with not checking all the boxes. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be realistic about who we are, make it practical, make it ambitious, but also have balance so that you can actually move forward and checking things off and, and have a combination, big and small, because all of it matters. So we're excited to hear from you all again. Share what you all are going to be working on for your healing, nurture plans, your intentions for next year, your words, whatever it is that guides you on our website at www.tearstidesandtransformation.com and on our social media platforms at Tears, Tides, and Transformation on Facebook and Instagram. It has been a pleasure. 
Absolutely. And and we'll we'll be in touch with all of you. We're going to be in that forum. We don't know exactly yet what the communication is going to look like, but we're going to do some lives as we figure out the details for the conference coming up. And so we'll be out there. We'll be on the Facebook, Instagram. We'll be in the forum. So keep in touch with us. We'll keep in touch with you. We're excited for what's coming next. This has been our final for now. Tears, Tides, and Transformation, a podcast about healing. With gratitude, I am Bridget Flaherty. And I am Kiana Daniels. And we thank you, we love you, and we look forward to staying connected. I see new tides carry on through the years, transform through the of you going through it all the audacity of you trusting self all along i see i see